Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. You can find more Out of the Fog at KarenHager.com or follow me on Instagram and Facebook where I'm Fog City Psychic. So my guest today says that it's time to become your own soft spot to land. What if you could stop trying to fix you and become your own best ally instead. Well, on today's show, Elena Sanino will share how to form an alliance with intuition and with your body so that you can more peacefully, more joyfully, with more balance, navigate the journey of your life. Are you ready to meet her? Elena Sanino is a life coach, yin yoga teacher, and author. But what most people say about Elena is that she brings delightful sparks of energy to everything she does. She's on a mission to help us transform the walls of survival mode into doors of possibility so that we can step into the spotlight of our life as our most rooted and nourished self. Elena's work helps us get out of our head and into our bodies as the source of wisdom. And it moves us from beyond shoulds into delight one day at a time. At home, Elena enjoys watching the sunrise, tending to her many plants, riding her Peloton bike. Oh, she's better than me. I knew she would be better than me. And impromptu kitchen dance parties. You can find out more about Elena and her work at elenasonino.com. And you can check out her newest book, Inhabit Your Joy, a book of nudges. Elena, welcome to Out of the Fog. Karen, thank you for having me. And I think we could ride together one day. (laughs) I just, the Peloton people, I think, are deeply superior. And um, I I also dance around my kitchen. So maybe I can maybe stand on the edge while you pedal. Perfect. um, (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So one of the ways that you start this book is in talking about a moment when you decided to be present with your joy, be present with your body, even when you didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Can you share that story? Absolutely. So years ago, I was in my classroom. I just started my day at school and I got a message. I remember it clearly, the secretary calling down and saying, you need to call your doctor's office. And I do what I'm told because I tend to follow the rules that I get on the phone. And he says, with a bit of a deep sigh, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're pregnant. And Karen, my response (laughs) might surprise you because you think I would be joyful and exuberant. But at that moment, I was angry and the tears just started to flow. Mm. This should have been the most exciting thing. It was the thing that I wanted my entire life. And yet here I was sobbing. And after a moment, the doctor, he let me cry. Thankfully, he didn't try to shush me. 
And he said something that I have never, ever forgotten. And, and this is where I had got to make that choice. He said, you have a choice to make. You could grieve or you could choose to celebrate until the day you can't. And it was at that moment that I knew it wasn't even a question that I was going to celebrate, that I was going to choose to be on this journey of delight and joy, no matter what, without any certainty. And this call was such a pivotal moment for me and everything changed. It was not a call that was supposed to be able to happen. <laughs> and yet here I was choosing it so very clearly. And now 17 and a half years later, I still choose it every time I look at my beautiful daughter <laughs> who reminds me just by smiling or grimacing because she's 17 and a half <laughs> that I made that choice. And it is the choice that has been my teacher ever since then. It shifts that idea of joy from a kind of mm, blinding, unaware smile at everything mm -hmm. to a kind of present moment awareness of the possibilities of the good that rests, even in the things that are unsettled, uncertain, the things that are a little bit in the shadows. Absolutely. And we live, there, there are so many shadows and uncertain moments in our lives, right? And this is, and I, my friends would probably tell you that I've always been maybe a rainbows and unicorns kind of girl, the silver lining girl. <laughs> mm. And that particular moment, as much as that might have been true and might still be true, if I'm completely honest, there was just something about saying, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I have no choice other than to celebrate. That is the only choice that it, it was like my body and my heart made that choice. My brain was quiet in that particular moment. And that's a big thing for me because my brain is not always quiet. Mm. But in that moment, and, and that's what I, I come back to day and again, and even more recently in moments where my body has things for me to learn. It's just the reminder that I can choose a singular moment to be present in and allow myself to find wonder and joy and delight and even the most mundane things, and that won't necessarily erase the uncertainty or the intensity of other moments. But it, to me, it's a very proactive, empowered, aligned choice, if that makes sense. And it feels to me like it can often be the strongest choice. Oh. The choice that gives us more, I don't know, more space for healing, more energy to draw from, more open paths going forward. It Choosing joy can be the strongest choice, even though maybe somebody looking in from outside might call you a rainbow girl. Mm, absolutely. What I find so true about that is one of the reasons that resonates so deeply at being the strongest choice is it, or at least for me, moves me out of reactivity, right? When we make this choice to choose joy, even in that little micro moment, it is deciding to be rooted in that rather than letting ourselves get swept up in all of the things that may or may not be ours to get swept up in. 
right? Our brain is such a powerful system. And yet in these moments that are both the big moments and the little moments of our lives, my general sense and kind of belief around life is that our life is lived from that spark inside, not from what our brain wants us to do. And so making that choice is a strong choice and absolutely opens pathways that we can be curious about, right? And we can release expectations around, which is really hard. Let's be honest. It's, but, but what I, in that particular moment of this phone call, there was no overthinking. There was no second guessing. And that's how I know it was my most powerful choice because I just made it. My body made it for me. Hmm. The times we're living in can feel very disorienting. Mm-hmm. Um, yanks us out of our bodies, yanks us out of all kinds of things, puts us in extremely reactive relationships with each other. Why do we so often choose reactivity over response? Why is it so hard to stay connected with our bodies, to stay connected with joy? Yeah. I mean, if there were an easy button for this, right? Oh, yes, please. Right? I, my sense is that it's, we choose reactivity because it's, it's what we know. And it's, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's easy in the sense of to, to pause and not be reactive can sometimes feel harder, right? It, it requires us to be intentional about pausing, intentional perhaps about taking a breath and coming back into the body. And we're not necessarily taught how to do that in school. <laughs> so there is this natural tendency. We Many of us are doers, right? And so we want to fix, we want to MacGyver our lives and problem solve and project manage our lives. And so we move through it one reaction after another, But when we see the power of slowing down, taking a pause, coming into our body, right? It could be three breaths. It might be feeling your feet on the ground. Other possibilities open themselves to us. And so I think the first reason is because we're not trained to. The second reason is it's harder. It's harder not to react. And then the third is we just haven't practiced. One of the things that I like about this book is that there are practices. Mm-hmm. There are specific, practical, with little drawings, <laughs> ways right, to help us gently start to come home to ourselves. And I'm wondering, there are a lot of practices in the book about mm-hmm. becoming more rooted, which I, I think are in the way that I believe in the way that I teach. When we're rooted, we can find the space for that breath. When we're not, centered or rooted it's hard we're snatching breaths right it's we're reactive i'm wondering what maybe one or two of your favorite practices for being rooted are from the Mm. book if you can share those with us yeah absolutely oh so you know i think it's so hard. They're all my favorites. My and there's clients, a ton, right? I know there's Yeah, good. there are. No, it's funny because when I share practices with my clients, they're like, are you going to say this is a favorite again? Because you have a lot of favorites. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think one of them, one of my go-tos is the very first rooted nudge. And it's to get rooted in the present with a brain dump. And 
to me, that's all about creating space. So it's this idea of allowing whatever is in your brain, honoring the fact that there's a lot in our brain to be spilled out onto the paper, to be dumped out on the paper, right? And it helps us be rooted because it it brings us, it creates space by decluttering. So being rooted, getting rooted in the present with a brain dump. And it's, you know, it's not about the time. It's not about what you write. It's simply grabbing a pen and paper. My only rules around this is it has to be written and there's no censoring of yourself as you write, but it's this practice of allowing your thoughts, your feelings, your judgments, anything and everything that's taking up space in your brain to be lovingly dumped onto the page. So that is one of my go-to and favorite rooted practices. What do you do with the page after you've written on it? So I have a journal that I use for my brain dumps and in part because my handwriting is messy, messy, but in part because it's what I believe in terms of brain dumps, they stay there and I don't, I don't go back and reread them. Mm. It's really a practice about honoring what's there, noticing it and giving it a place to live so that maybe it doesn't have to take up as much space and effort and energy in your brain, which then comes into our lives. So for me, it's put it on the page and let it be there. And that way, you know, and it's like a game I play with my brain, right? In case I ever need it, I know where it is. I have rarely ever needed to go back to what was in a brain dump, (laughs) but it, it, it honors the fact that there are all these thoughts. It gives them a place to live and it allows me to then take a step forward and move in the direction of what feels true to me. And a brain dump isn't a magic solution. It doesn't, there's no ulterior motive. You may not find a solution, but to me, it's, it's, it's a decluttering practice. And so to see it really as I'm just creating space, which to me is, is that first step to get rooted, right? If you think about planting a tree, a plant flowers, we have to create space in the soil first. And so it's, it's doing that with a journal or a piece of paper. It could be a post-it note. It could be the back of an envelope. I've used all sorts of things for mm-hmm. brain dumps. <laughs> You're listening to Out of the Fog and I'm talking with Elena Sonino. Her new book is Inhabit Your Joy, a book of nudges. You can find out more about Elena and her work at elenasonino.com. That's E-L-E-N-A-S-O-N-N-I-N-O.com. Elenasonino.com. Why is this called a book of nudges? What is a nudge? Mm. A nudge is something that we all need. (laughs) I am one of those people historically who have always thought I could do it. You know, I can do everything by myself. And it was a, it was a point of pride almost for me to be that person that could be independent. And yet we all need that hand on our back, that gentle nudge to remind us, to bring us back to what matters, to help us see what's already inside of us. And when I thought about what this book that was kind of percolating inside me wanted to be, I spent a lot of time thinking I didn't know what I wanted to write. 
But Karen, at a certain point, I realized I'm a nudger. I offer questions. I pause. I listen. I I, it, I imagine, you know, being with my friends back in high school and it's like that gentle hand on the back to say, you've got this. And it's always, my work has always been my entire life. Everything that I've always been has been about me helping people find their own clarity and their own answers and their own wisdom. And so this idea of nudges was intended to invite people into the journey of connecting with themselves, connecting absolutely and inhabiting their joy, but to get rooted and curious and alive, knowing that it isn't just about what you do on one day, but it's about how we show up over the course of a long period of time. And so the idea of these nudges was they're short, I'd say simple, but I know better than not all practices are simple for all people because we are, are we are different, right? But this idea of you open it and a nudge finds you and you allow yourself to play with it, to explore it, to consider it for that day in that moment. And perhaps it's just what you need maybe to get out of your head or to come back into your body or to step towards that aliveness that's inside you. So it was really this idea of almost creating ripples through small nudges that could be accessed by anyone and everyone. You talk in the book about one of my favorite things, which is curiosity mm. and the relationship between curiosity and delight and intuition and change. And one of the things I like about these in quotes, simple, cause you're right, not really <laughs> simple practices is that they feel to me like they do spark curiosity. What if I tried this? What if there was more? What if it was different? What if I could celebrate? How do you use that practice of curiosity on your own journey? And how do you see that playing out for other people? As I take a deep sigh, curiosity is one of my core values. It is the, the thing that makes me me. And so for me, Curiosity is my antidote to all things. <laughs> mm -hmm. When I feel myself getting stuck, when I feel myself spinning, when I feel untethered or particularly uncertain. And so the way that I, one of the ways that I use it on a daily basis is noticing, for instance, where I'm holding on to something, where I'm perhaps trying to fix something where I'm judging something. And when I name that, my next step is to then consider, what if I didn't have to fix it? What if I didn't have to change it or solve it? What if I could be curious instead? And so I think about what could be here for me if I wasn't trying to fix. So the curiosity to me is, is an opening of possibility. It's, it's a coming from a place of fullness rather than brokenness or not enoughness. So this idea of where could I be curious instead? And I do this even in my own body, Karen. So I love yin yoga in particular, which is a practice of when you stay in a shape for, you know, anywhere from 90 seconds to five minutes or even longer, the body starts to talk to you after 
at least 90 seconds, if not sooner. And we're quick to judge it. Oh, my hips, this, or my back, this, but I, that is one of the first practices that I learned in terms of really getting curious about, well, what if I could, what if I could just notice these sensations? What if I didn't have to make them mean something and I could allow them to reveal themselves to me? Does that make sense? It's, it's wild because it asks that to me, it's making me think about, can I allow myself to hold discomfort or a growing edge with love in the same way that I might hold something that felt pleasurable, didn't have that edge to it. Absolutely. Yes. So curiosity is, it, it is my, probably my, well, again, my favorite, <laughs> but it, it is the question that I have to come back to every day. And honestly, it is, and all of the practices around it, because there, I access it in different ways. It is the one area where I know if I'm not leading with curiosity, those are probably the days where I'm either getting in my own way or significantly in my head. So it is, it's often a barometer for me, almost like a temperature check. (laughs) Is there a place for me to be curious today? In fact, just this morning I journaled, which was hard. I'm learning to journal with a a hand with a broken wrist (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I'm right-handed. So I'm, my journaling is very messy right now, but I'm allowing that to be okay. But I actually listed out, what am I holding on to? What expectations am I, am I, do I have and what would happen if I could be curious instead? And it's, and it's amazing how, when I just allowed myself to kind of see it, even in messy writing to say, okay, first of all, it's okay to be messy. (laughs) Could I be curious about that process and what wants to, what my wrist wants me to know, but also what might I invite myself to open up to instead? What else is here? One of my other favorite questions around curiosity is what is working because we're so good at telling at noticing what's not working. So even just playing with, and we hear a lot about gratitude and I, I love gratitude, but this question of what, what is working can help us play with that curiosity muscle. Now I know we only have a few minutes left together. Can you let the listeners know how they can get their hands on the book and you are offering a delightful 10 minute practice Mm -hmm. as a gift to listeners. Can you tell us what that is and how to find it? Yes. So this is one of my very favorite practices that connects you into your body and reminds you to fill up on what it is that nourishes you. And you can find that at sunriseinyourpocket.com backslash find your joy and that it's a really delicious practice that you can do any time of day. Um, All you need is a comfortable place to lay a pillow or two blankets and just allow yourself to be guided through that. People can find the book and have it your joy at Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Also at my website, you can access how to order it um, at elenasanino.com and you'll find a link there to the book. For someone listening who has not been friends with their body, Mm -hmm. someone who for whatever reason might be nervous, skittish, nervous about 
coming back into their ballot body, feeling it as an ally, feeling it as a soft space to land, what would you say? I'd invite them to notice, to allow themselves, to, to give themselves compassion for feeling that way, for the history that that has invited them to feel that way or created that feeling. And then I would invite them to consider that seeing our body as an ally, really connecting with our body happens in the little moments. And maybe it starts with just sitting or lying down and taking three breaths and noticing the sensations that are there. Certainly there are shapes and poses and you know all sorts of things that you can do, but none of them have to be complicated. It's really about deciding, making the choice that we're going to change that relationship. And, and it is a relationship, just like any relationship, we have to get to know our body. And so beginning to breathe and notice where we feel the breath. And maybe that's all you do for a period of time. One of my very favorite practices to really be with the body is my right hand on my, just placing my right hand on my belly and my left hand on my heart and feeling the parts of my body that receive the breath, right? So that on the inhale, typically my belly expands and then just the experience of the exhale, for someone that hasn't had that experience where it has felt okay or safe to be connected to their body, breath and just those gentle practices are a beautiful place to start. And they're a gift you can give yourself. Elena, thank you so much for mm. talking with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. I've been talking with Elena Sanino. Her new book is Inhabit Your Joy a book of nudges, and you can find out more and learn how to order the book and find out all about Elena's work at elenasonino.com. That's E-L-E-N-A-S-O-N-N-I-N-O.com. That 10-minute practice she offered to help you find joy, no matter what kind of a day you're having, no matter what's going on, is at sunriseinyourpocket.com slash findyourjoy. And of course, you're always welcome over at KarenHager.com. That's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private session with me there if you're so inclined and you want to connect voice to voice. I'm at Fog City Psychic on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow me there for yarn and puzzle-related <laughs> merriment, as well as more delightful out-of-the-fog content. Thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.